Thank you guys for being here. If you're a guest with us, man, I'm, I'm pumped that you're here. I've already met several of you today. And, you know, the first service uh, was a little rough, just letting you know. Uh, my, my kids were there, and I had my shirt tucked in, and my, my, one of my kids said, Dad, your pants were pulled up too high, and one said, uh, you preached too long. So um, I have uh, changed, uh, untucked my shirt, um, and I went in between during Sunday school, I went and uh, cut part of my sermon out, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm pumped that, that y'all are here. Uh, thank you for, for being with us and online people. Thank you for, for checking us out. Uh, yeah, so I've asked Josh to do one other thing. He's going to be my, my caddy today, um, literally. So uh, Josh, bring I got some, some props like we had last week, and so I got some, some golf clubs um, for us today to, to begin to, to look at uh, another aspect of discipleship. So if you'd like to follow along, man, right there is a QR code. You can just use the, the phone uh, portion or the, the camera portion of your phone and you can uh, get the sermon notes to follow along because uh, we've got a lot of stuff to, to cover um, today. But, you know, I am a really competitive person. I don't know if you, you're like that, but it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to find a way um, to make it a competition because that's how life is, right? I mean, life's just one big competition. And so I love to, to play golf when I can. Um, and I like to, to be really competitive in golf. Um, and the way it usually works is I get up to the, the first tee box, I get up and I shank my first drive. Right? Just, that's how it always is. And I look around to the other people I'm playing with, hey, a mulligan first tee box, right? You know what? Mulligan the first tee box. So uh, you get up and you, you hit the other one, and, ho- and hopefully I hit a good one, but usually it's not good at all. And so I quickly go from I'm keeping score to, hey, guys, I'm just here to have fun, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> We're just having fun. Let's just talk and have a good time. We're not going to keep score. But deep down inside, I'm like, oh, I want to be good at this. And that's one of the difficulties with golf is that you have to be good at, at all aspects of the game, right? You have to be a good driver. You got to be good at chipping. You got to be good at putting. Golf, the struggle's real. You know what I'm saying? The struggle, really, it, it's, it's rough. And I think sometimes the church, for the church, it's kind of the, the same thing, that the struggle is real. Sometimes we aren't, we aren't good at all aspects of our game. And just like an amateur golfer, a, a church needs something. What it needs is a, a coach, someone that can come alongside and say, hey, you're doing these things great. Let's continue to do those. But you know what? You need to work on this. There's some aspects of your game that you need to work on. I think this is a moment for us to kind of get some coaching from God's word. So Proverbs chapter 4 says this, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Man, what a great verse for us personally, but also for the church, that we should not get distracted by things that are not important. We need to keep our, our focus, right? And then it says, ponder the path of your feet, then all of your ways will be sure. And that's what I'd like for us to do today, to ponder the path of our church, to think deeply, personally, about your walk with God, but also as a church, what are the things that we are doing to make disciples? So we're finishing up our series on discipleship. In the first week, we talked about have we lost our way? We asked that, that deep question of, are we doing discipleship the way that God intends us to do discipleship? And what in the world is discipleship anyways? Because it's like a church word that a lot of people don't even understand how to, how to define it. The second week, Kevin, our senior adult pastor, he came and, and preached an awesome message about what are the basic ingredients of being a disciple? And we realized there's one ingredient, 
and it's love. It's loving God and loving others. And then last week we talked about the, the me of discipleship. Um, as we call this series, Me to We, um, what, is, what, is the, what is my personal responsibility as uh, this whole discipleship thing? And we looked at the Holy Spirit and the spark that he gives in our lives over and over again. Remember we had the, the axe in the, the wood and we talked about how are you, are you positioning your life in such a way, doing things where you're stacking the wood so that when the Holy Spirit sparks something in your life that you're able to, to burn. And so we're going to continue this message, and we're going to be looking in 2 Timothy today to finish up our series about discipleship. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy. We'll be there the rest of the the time. And so 2 Timothy, Paul is writing this letter, and it's probably the last letter he ever wrote. He is in jail in Rome, about to be executed. If you had one last like moment to, to, to write something to someone, what would you say? And Paul writes this letter to Timothy and he says, Timothy, here, is, here are some, some basic things, some fundamental things. If you really want to, to live your life for Christ, and if the church wants to be on mission for Christ, here are the things that you need to do. And so he writes these things. And I think these things are like in, in an order of importance. And so I'd like to start at the end and we're gonna work our way back, okay, in 2 Timothy. So 2 Timothy Chapter 4, we see the first command that Paul gives to Timothy for the church. And it's this, that the church must preach the gospel. Simple as that. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4 says, Preach the word. Be ready. In season and out of season. Repute, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching, and then describes something that, that was going on during that time, but also I'd say is like a perfect definition of our culture. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. During this time, we need to be a church and people that preaches the gospel. So to preach means just to publicly, to pronounce openly, okay? And so to preach the gospel is to do that. To preach the word is to, to do that, to, to make a public announcements about the gospel. And it says that we're supposed to do this in season and out of season. It doesn't mean that preaching has a season and an off season, okay? This isn't a sport. It's what it's saying is we need to preach all the time, right? Simple as that. We need to preach all the time. It is a critical part of our church. And it's, it's big and it's flashy. And we do this on stage. And I look at all these lights. And we've got eight cameras around the room. Some are on like tracks moving around. It's a little, it's a little crazy. We have a whole like production team back there doing stuff for online. I got a, a cool microphone on and, and I got an iPad. And I got my notes and, and all this stuff. And that, that's kind of how we look at preaching sometimes. And that's how it is. I mean, preaching is that way. That it, it is, it's a way for us to reach a lot of people in a short amount of time. And if we're looking at golf, kind of looking at discipleship and golf together, if discipleship is, is like golf, then preaching is like the driver, having a big driver. So, I mean, I got my clubs here, pull out my big driver. This is awesome. Like we, we love to, to get up um, onto the tee box and just try to, try to kill one, right? 
I mean, people like pull their backs and stuff and, and this. And, and so you get up to, to the to the tee box, and man, you're just, you're just ready to kill. And y'all don't make fun of my stance, okay? Um, so, I mean, you get ready, and you just want to just crush one, right? Just this long bomb. And that's how preaching is sometimes, where I can get up there, and I can just try, try to kill one. And sometimes I whiff, okay? Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is bad. I just need to pray, and let's go, right? And so, and that's how, that's how preaching is sometimes. It's, but, but a golf club, this driver, is probably the most overrated club in golf, and it's also sometimes the most difficult club to be able to use. You see, preaching has this, has this big reach. It can get out there and just, just crank one, right? That's how preaching is. But preaching is not discipleship. When it comes to discipleship, preaching, it's not it. In fact, Avery Willis, a famous Baptist pastor and missionary, he says this about preaching to make disciples. That preaching to make disciples is like going into the nursery, I get this, and spraying the babies with milk and saying you just fed the kids, right? (laughs) They will get some nourishment, but not enough to grow. Man, that's what preaching's like. Preaching's good, but there's got to be more. So Paul says to Timothy, a second command. You have to back up to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and he says that the second command is that the church must grow believers. Must grow believers. So look at uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse, starting verse 22. Here's what he says. So flee youthful passions and pursue something else. So stop doing what you're doing, okay, and do something else because of what God's word has to say. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but instead be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, and correcting his opponents with gentleness. And he continues on. But what is it talking about here? What it's saying is, is that as believers, we need to know the truth and then carry out that truth. That's what the church should be focused on. So the question is, how do we do that? Well, the the easiest way that we do that is in Sunday school. The Sunday school ministry. As Southern Baptists, we call it Sunday school. It's a pretty old school way of of, of just describing small groups, okay? So that's just the big thing. Um, A lot of churches call that. We sometimes call it small groups. But small groups are the way that we grow believers. Think about it. Small groups is where you you have the, the best community, where instead of, hopefully, instead of sitting in rows, you sit in circles, right? And you're around other people, and you get to ask questions. You get to study God's word together. You get to, to um, even have doubts, and you get to, to talk and discuss, and you care for one another. It's, it's, it's the way that ministry really should be. Small groups are so important. In fact, they're so important that if you go back to Acts chapter 2, small groups are really the, the basic form of, of Christianity, that early church, that's what they were doing. They were taking care of each other. They were um, in God's word. They were praying together. They were living life together because it's all about growing believers. And if discipleship is like golf, then small groups are, are like irons, right? When you, when you hit a long drive, the hole is not finished, right? You don't go 
in the rough like I do or in the, the fairway and pick up your ball and go to the next hole. I've done that a couple times, but you're not supposed to do that, okay? You don't do that, right? You take your irons out and you get ready for that approach shot. The approach shot, it's very difficult. Man, these are the hardest part. One of the hardest clubs to, to hit in all of golf is, is an iron onto the green. But it's, it's a critical and it's an important aspect of our walk with the Lord. So sometimes I have, I have a good sermon, right? And we've got a, we've got a good drive and I just, just crush one. There's no spin on the ball, right? And it's just, it's just going straight down the fairway. Um, I've had like one, one of those since I've been here. But anyways, um, so, so you're, you're going and you're like, man, this is awesome. So you go down there and you get ready to hit your next shot and you've got to hit a good shot onto the green. But you know what? You're still not done there. Because I hate to say this, small groups, they're not discipleship. They're not discipleship. And the reality is, is that for most of our lives, we thought of Sunday school as, as the, the be all end all of discipleship. And if we look at God's word, we see that it's not. There has to be a better way. And you see, this is what Paul does. Earlier in chapter two, he gives the first command, which I think is the most important command. So look at it in verse two. He says this, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. One of the greatest weaknesses in the church is that for far too often, we've ignored this verse. We've looked at this verse and said, ah, that sounds great, but that's just not for me. Because what this is, if you look at this verse, there are four generations of discipleship in this one verse. Look at it. Paul is saying, Timothy, I'm discipling you. But it doesn't end there. Timothy, you're supposed to go and find faithful men and disciple them as well. But you know what? It doesn't end there. You're supposed to take those, those faithful men and they're supposed to go and disciple other people as well. How do you know if you've made a disciple? Fast. All of us in here, we might get a whole lot of different answers. But the simplest way to determine if you've made a disciple is if your disciple is making disciples, right? That's pretty easy, right? So the question is, are we doing that? Because preaching is great. It's needed. We need to do this. We're not saying we're going to stop preaching. Sunday school is great. It's needed. We're not saying we're going to stop Sunday school. But you don't use a driver or a seven iron on the green, right? You use something else. And if discipleship is like golf, then making disciples is like a putter. And Paul says this, that the church must make disciples who make disciples. That's what it's all about. This putter, very difficult, right? But it has so much impact. Because you can hit a drive 280 yards and then miss a one-foot putt, right? And it counts the same. What's up with that? Like, it should be different, right? That should count for a lot more, the big, the big drive. But to, to use a putter, it takes a lot of finesse and, and accuracy, and it's, it's intimate and it's personal. And that's what real discipleship is like. A putter, it's, it's really, it's the number one club in your bag. A lot of people might think it's the driver or something else, but it is the putter. Because the average golfer uses, hits the driver about 14 times in a game, in a, in, a, in a round, 14 times. They hit their irons about 36 times, but they hit their putter over 50 times. 
For me, it's a little bit more than that, okay? But, <laughs> but they hit the putter a lot. And in the same way, I believe that the church is missing the one thing that they should be the most focused on. Like a golfer not focused on the putter, sometimes we're not focused on making disciples. And our problem is, is that in a way we've elevated knowledge above all else. Knowledge isn't bad, but what we've done is we've taken action, right? James, brother Jesus says, be doers of the word, right? We've taken action and replaced it with learning. And we've done that really in, in our small group ministry or even in our, in our preaching ministry. And so the level of discipleship for most people is you come to church, you sit where you're sitting right now, you hear a sermon, you either feel really good about yourself or really bad about yourself, you're in your small group and, and you, you learn, you're growing, you have community, and then you go home and nothing really ever changes because we've taken discipleship and turned it into just this knowledge-based thing. And that, honestly, that's, that's easy. It's easy because there's really no skin in the game, right? You can go and sit in the back in a sermon. You can go um, into your small group and kind of blend in and, and just, you know, it doesn't change you, right? There's no skin in the game when it comes to making disciples. So we are called to do that. Think about it. We are called to make disciples above all else. We're called to make disciples not to have Bible studies. And the problem is, a lot of times the church is focused on just having Bible studies and getting this knowledge and knowledge and more and more, and yet we don't really grow or make an impact. So how do we do this? One way we make disciples is evangelism. We share the gospel. And the problem is, is that a lot of times the way that we share the gospel is we drive to church and we pray and say, God, I hope that the sermon's good. I hope there are guests here. I hope the people that are lost here. And I hope that my, my pastor shares the gospel. I hope they come down to the front and they get saved. Or you say, you know, God, I, I, I want to bring one of my friends here. Just, just, just help them to see and know and understand. And so you invite your friend. They come and sit here. And you expect the pastor to share the gospel with the people you know best. Right? And the reality is, I, I preach the gospel, and I hope that people will come forward. But the reality is that didn't happen a lot. And the better way to share the gospel is for you to do it, <laughs> right? Your responsibility is to your friends, your neighbors, your family, the people that God has put around you. And I hate to say this, it's not my responsibility. That's your responsibility. And my responsibility to my neighbors and my friends and the people that God has put around me. We are all ministers of the gospel, not the ones that get paid to be here, okay? We're all ministers. What would happen in our church if we were sharing the gospel Monday through Saturday, right? What would happen? And this place would be packed out. We need to be people who see discipleship not as just hoping it happens here on campus, but we actually share the gospel out in our community. We have to evangelize. The second aspect of discipleship, think about all of these sermons, we've been talking about what is real discipleship, what is discipleship not. One of the things that discipleship is, is intentional relationships. Intentional relationships that have a purpose and that grow. If you look back at that verse, that's what it says. Paul is saying, I have invested in you, Timothy. 
In, in turn, I want you to go invest in some other people. I'm not trying to ask you to win thousands of people, okay? I just want you to invest in some guys. And then I want you to invest in them in such a way that they understand that their role is to go invest in other people. That is how the early church exploded and had incredible influence because people cared about each other and were intentional in their relationships. Last week I talked about, I gave you a definition of discipleship. I think it's important that we kind of look at it one more time. Here's what it says. Discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. I Man, that's, that's a mouthful, but let me unpack it. Discipleship really is you having intentional relationships with other people, okay? Relationships on purpose, where you are, we, we as a church are in, equipping you to be able to do that. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, as you read God's word with the purpose of replicating yourself. How do you know if you've made a disciple? When they go and make disciples themselves. Here's, here's, here's a tough question, okay? When I'm preaching up here, I'm like convicted, man. I'm like, mm, I'm not doing this either, okay? I want you to know that I, I'm, I'm, I'm at fault here. I think all of us would kind of at fault here. And if I asked you this, are we doing this? Look to your left, look to your right. Purpose statements right there, make disciples. Are we making disciples? And I feel that the answer is no. It's no. We're not really doing it. We're hoping it happens. We love people. Want people to come to Christ. We want to grow and, and all that kind of thing, but we really aren't being intentional about making disciples, but that's about to change. Here's some things we're going to do. Number one, we're going to change the scorecard. The way that we look at ministry, if we're doing it effectively. Think about golf, right? You get the, the scorecard, you get the little tiny pencil, you know, the mine's never sharpened for some reason. And so you, you take it and you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to keep score, okay? My buddy, I'm like, hey, how, what'd you get on the hole? I got a four. You did not get a four, right? I mean, goodness, okay? I'll, I'll put a four and put a little circle around it because I know that you didn't really make get a four, okay? So we, we try to keep score that way. Why do we keep score in golf? We keep score because the goal is to, to make par, right? Or to shoot under 100 for me, okay? That's the goal, right? And so we have a scorecard when we play golf, but we also have a scorecard when it comes to ministry. And for the American church, usually the scorecard is attendance, your buildings, like your property, what you're doing, what does it look like, all those things, and how much cash you have, like the budget, right? So those are things that we just, we keep track of as if this was like a business, okay? So we keep track of all of those things. But the problem is, if we were to grade Jesus' ministry, the same way, we might have a problem. Think about this. When Jesus was crucified, he had about 120 faithful followers, okay? If we graded that way after three years of ministry, come on, Jesus, man, come on. Would, would we say that's a success or not? Only 120? Look at Jesus' Jesus' assets, all the things that, that he had. He didn't have anything. He was homeless. He didn't have any buildings. They didn't have a, this big ministry uh, with all this the stuff. They didn't have anything. If we graded Jesus that way, we'd say, man, you're not, you're not doing it right. You don't have a good enough sanctuary. You don't have a small group space, right? Your sign's not good enough out there, right? We would say all those things. And here's the worst thing. We looked at their, 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 uh, the amount of money they had. Judas was in charge of the money, right? <laughs> Who puts Judas in charge of the money, right? Isn't that crazy? 
If he looked at Jesus' ministry, the way that we look at ministry today, we might look at it and go, man, Jesus didn't do that great of a job. But I believe that as a church, we need to look at the same things that Jesus looked at and care about the same things that he cared about. What if we started asking this question? Not, not, not asking how big is your church or, or um, how many people did you have this Sunday? What if we started asking ourselves, how many people are you discipling? <laughs> don't, don't ask me that, right? How many people are you discipling? How many people am I discipling? As a church, how many people are we discipling? Because that's what Jesus cared about. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start looking at that. It's going to be one of our big goals for our church. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to invest in making disciples. Two ways we're going to do this. First, we aren't going to ask you as, as leaders of the church, we're not going to ask you to do something that we, in, we ourselves aren't willing to do. So as a, as a staff um, and some key leaders of our church, we're going to, to lead out um, this new emphasis, this new culture in our church. And it is uh, starting something we call D-groups. And we're not asking you to be a part of it. We're not going to have this big sign up today or anything like that. We're not starting a program. We believe God is changing the culture of our church. But we realize that it starts with us as leaders. And so for the next year, during, during 2021, our staff and some of our key leaders are going to begin to have these intentional discipleship groups. Three to five people meeting weekly and really growing in our relationship with Christ and us being intentional in the things that we do as faithful followers of Jesus. And we're going to do this first. We're going to do this, and then we're going to begin to roll this out with the rest of the church. But the reason we're not letting you, you know, in on in all this right now is because change takes time, right? Lasting change takes time, and it's difficult, and you got you to put in the work, and it's hard to do that. I mean, it's easy for us to go out, and we can just paint all the hallways. In fact, we've been doing that. But you know what? It's easy to paint all the hallways. It's very difficult to actually make disciples. Making disciples takes time. And to change a, a, to a church that actually does that, it's going to be pretty difficult. And so that's what we're, the first thing we're going to do. We're going to actually begin to do that as leaders. But here's what you can do. Starting now, you can begin to be a disciple maker. It's like when you're, when you're playing golf. How many of you all ever gone uh, just, hey, I'll, I'll go play golf, and you haven't practiced at all? How does that go? It's pretty bad. Usually you're exhausted because you've swung like 400 times, okay? That's usually why you're so tired. You're like, nine holes, that's plenty for me, right? The reason is because you haven't gone to the practice screen and putted. You haven't gone to the driving range to practice your swing. And that's what I want to ask you guys to do. If you believe that God is changing things, we believe Jesus is changing everything at our church. He's a, he's a God that changes, changes our hearts, changes the way we do ministry for his glory and for our good. If you really believe that, I want to ask you to be serious about making disciples. And you can do this um, a couple of different ways. I want you to be able to maybe catch a glimpse of what these D groups um, will look like. So here's what you can do. You can find an accountability partner. Maybe um, it's someone that you know. I, I, would, I would actually encourage you to find someone that you know. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a, some friends. Um, three to five people, maybe the max. Or maybe it's just you and another person. And I'd like for you guys to get together and to begin to really disciple one another having intentional relationships together. So here's what you can do. You can get together and weekly meet. You can pray together. You can read God's word together. You begin to, to journal your, your walk with the Lord together. You can discuss and encourage um, each other. You can ask tough questions. 
and hold each other accountable to spiritual things that God is calling you to do, like maybe memorizing God's word and actually sharing the gospel with people. Hey, who did you share the gospel with this week? Right? That'd be crazy. That would change things. Now share, with, share with me the, the verse you memorized this week. Right? It's very difficult to do that by yourself. That's why we're the church. We're supposed to be doing this together. And you can begin to do that right now. And I want to equip you with some ways to do that. And so there's going to be a QR code on the screen. If you want to take your, your phone out, you can, you can snap that. It'll take you to some awesome resources, uh, how, how to read uh, God's word, um, like a little plan to be able to do that each week. Um, and also so, so the way, a great way that you can actually journal your relationship with the Lord uh, to be able to discuss that with people. You can take that QR code. You can use the app. Maybe you're on the app right now on our, our, our church app. You can, you, at the end of your notes, if you're doing the digital notes, there's a link right there. In fact, you can even go on our website, cbcowasso.org, and you click on membership, and then discipleship is right there, and they'll take you to the link uh, to be able to help you. You can have to kind of look at some stuff on your own. We're not going to hand this stuff out to you. You need to go and look at it. But maybe a great way for you to begin to actually making disciples. And I've been convicted. I've been convic- convicted big time about this series. Our staff has been convicted. We've taken a, a hard look at what we're actually doing. I think one of the, the coolest things is this whole Second Timothy, if you go to the to the, the very end, Paul, he is kind of writing this stuff. And it's usually the part that we kind of just gloss over. It's where it has all the names of people. You're like, I, don't even, I can't even pronounce those dudes' names. I don't even know who they are. And so Paul is saying, hey, hey, don't forget to uh, encourage this person. Say hi to the, these people um, in your life. And, and also, uh, Paul, there's some people, or uh, Timothy, there's some people that I, Paul, have, have, uh, have around me. And they would like to say hi to you and encourage you as well. What's really going on there? What's going on is that these great Christians that we look up to and be like, man, there's no way I could be that impactful. I can't do, I can't do all what the things they're doing. We got to realize they were not alone. They had people with them. Paul, he didn't travel alone. He had a team of guys with him. Timothy, he wasn't doing ministry alone. He had a team around him. They were holding each other accountable. Because you know what? Paul messed up sometimes too, right? And he had people said, hey, Let's get back in line with God's word. Let me encourage you. Let me strengthen you. We need that in our lives. We need each other. Let's pray. Father, man, I'm convicted about this, and and I pray that our church is convicted about this, that we need to be people who take a a step back and look at our church and say, are we actually making disciples, or is it just lip service? And I pray that we'll be able to do that. As believers in Christ, we need to be intentional in the things that we are doing. And it cannot be just about learning things. It's got to be about action. It's about spending our lives for the gospel. And spending our lives for the gospel does not mean just coming to church and listening to sermon and going to a small group. That can't be it. We are called to be disciples who make disciples. Help us to be able to do that. Change is difficult, but God, we believe that you're changing some some critical things in our church. Not just for change's sake, but, but for your sake. For your glory and for our good. So help us, Lord. I pray for our leadership as we do this over the next several months, that you would you would bless us. You'd start something new. For everyone else, I, I pray that they would they would take this seriously and they would begin 
with their spouse or with their kids or um, with their friends, maybe some people in their, in their small group, they begin to, to really spend time together studying God's word and praying and, and memorizing scripture and holding each other accountable. That's how real change happens. Lasting change and real disciple making happens. Help us, God, to be a church that actually makes disciples. God, I pray if there's anyone in this room who doesn't have a relationship with you, they're, they're not even a disciple, a follower of Jesus. I pray, God, that, that maybe today is the day that they would turn their life over to you and say yes to Jesus and his, his sacrifice as we celebrate next week, his sacrifice on the cross, but not only that, but his, his resurrection from the grave, that we may have hope that Jesus is Lord of all and he's still alive. If there's anybody in this room, God, I, I pray that you would you would convict them. They would seek one of us out at the end of the service to, to talk and discuss what it means to have a relationship with Christ and begin that first step of being a disciple. We love you, and we do all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.